Hello, you. It's Graham Norton here. Thank you for listening to my Virgin Radio podcast with Waitrose. This week on the show, we got to sprinkle our Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Catherine Hahn and Leslie Odom Jr. Join me to talk about Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Sir, yes, you heard me. Sir Lenny Henry has a children's book out, The Book of Legends, and he was here with me to talk about it. We enjoy our very first Sunday session with singer-songwriter Isaac Stewart. There's a round of Guess the Guest to come, show chef Martha has a recipe for the best lasagna and bakes her very own toffee apple loaf cake. And we'll be putting our heads together to solve your dilemmas in Graham's Guide. Here's Maria to tell us more. Good morning, Graham Norton. How are you? I like your jumper, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, Maria, are you the Chancellor of the Exchequer yet? Uh, no, next week. <laughs> oh, OK, fine. I'm doing from next Tuesday to next Thursday. <laughs> Everyone take a number. You? Are you? <laughs> yes, with no, yours? I'm booked in for Christmas. I'm going to cover Christmas. Oh, that's a it's nice... It's a quiet time. It's well, a quiet also, time. number 11 will be nice and quiet for you. You won't have all those uh, exactly. photographers I outside. Thought, yeah. The dog won't bark. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> they can just play with Larry the Cat. Oh, did you see Larry the Cat chasing that fox? No, do tell. Oh, there's just a, you know, there's some, I mean... Presume... Larry the Cat is the cat that lives in Downing Street, Street for those yes. people that aren't au fait with such things. And, uh, and Larry had a set to with a fox in Downing Street. It's, uh, Google it. Well, it's really cheeky of a fox to come into Downing Street without a pass. I know. Really. And, uh, but actually got through all the security. Thank God for Larry the Cat. <laughs> Larry the Cat has his own Twitter account, by the way. That's how mad the world is. It's crazy. And uh, the Daily Star are running a live feed oh, yes. of a lettuce <laughs> to see which wilts first. Is it going to be Liz Truss or the lettuce? Um, Graham, talking of the world going to pot, I came out this morning to get the train. Oh, yes. Only a little ten-minute walk in the pouring rain. But on the way, there was quite a nice bed that somebody had left outside. <laughs> You know what I'm like. I'm a bit of a skip monkey. Yes. I, I thought, I wonder what was in your bag. <laughs> it's very heavy this morning. <laughs> Quite a nice bed that had been left with headboard, etc. And I thought, oh, why are they chucking that away? And also, why leave it out in the street? Hello. And then, round the corner, in somebody else's house, a nice little side table, sort of G-plan, wooden thing, nice. Then I got to the station, and on the actual station, there were two chairs that someone had left. And I was thinking... Is that because you'll know how long you've got to wait for a train? (laughs) 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 Or or, is there something else? But, you know, just been left on the station. And I thought, I could have furnished my flat just by my walk this morning. And then I started to think, hmm, idea for a programme. You just drive around all night the streets of particularly Hastings and, um, you know, furnish a flat. Who can furnish it first? That's not a bad idea. Thank you. And you give everyone just one tin of uh, gunmetal grey and uh, <laughs> off they go. Grey is so over. Do you know what's back in? Green. <gasps> Love racing green. Very, very I dark. Remember, I, I recommended racing green to you years ago. Oh, did you? You were yes. ahead of the curve. For your woodwork. I said your woodwork should be racing green. Yeah, well, now it is. Oh, no, is it? No. <laughs> All my painted stuff has gone now. How was your week, by the way? Enough of my TV I've show ideas. I've been to such pretty places. Have you? Yes. Oh, because you, I saw you posted about Bath. Bath was... Bath was just showing off when I went to Bath. It was... Absolutely clear blue sky like this. Bath is one of those places, it's too pretty to live in. You know, it's like your good room. It's like your front room where all okay, the furniture's covered yeah, yeah. in plastic. I mean, Bath is just ridiculous. Well, you only pretty. go there when the vicar comes round on Sunday. That kind and of And you get thing. the good china out. Yeah. And, uh, and I, did a, I did a little mosey round. I went to a little coffee shop. And on your hello. book tour, this is. On, on the book in case, tour. In case people think that you've actually got time to go and <laughs> have a day trip somewhere. Yes, I, I took the waters. I took the waters in Bath. <laughs> well, that's where the Roman baths first yeah. Where yes. else did you go, Graham uh, Norton? I was in uh, Cheltenham in a big tent. I was in Cardiff in the new theatre. Now, Not the old theatre? No. I think they called it the new theatre some time ago. <laughs> And no one's bothered to rename oh, it. Oh. Like, I think someone will have to build something and call it the Cardiff Newer Theatre because <laughs> it's, it's a lovely theatre. Or the recent theatre. Yeah. What happened to the old theatre, do you know? Did it burn down? I, I don't know. Oh. I mean, maybe that's still there. Presumably it's a new theatre and it's quite modern, is it? No, no. Oh, it's not cross art. It's like, it, it's been probably 150 years since it was new. Oh, I see. But it's still called the Cardiff New Theatre. Very nice, very nice. And the people in Cardiff... I, I mean, I shouldn't have favourites. Best crowd of the, the book tour so far. Better than Bath. It, Maybe Bath people, they didn't come out because it's a Sunday place. No, no, they were there in a, in a former roller rink. 
I believe we were performing. I'm performing, sitting on a chair talking. <laughs> I gave it my all, Maria. You'd I been hope very you took proud your roller me. skates. Yes. I have some if you need some. Remember, I didn't <laughs> oh, throw them away. I know in you great, did. You decided. In the great pack. Yes, no, I might need those. If Cram ever your I'm little involved. trotters into my roller skates. That'd be fun. Virgin Radio. Uh, petrichor is the word. We were gossiping in the interval about what petrichor and apricity mean. Well, apricity, I knew, is yeah. the heat of a winter sun. What, what were you saying? Petrichor, the smell of rain, new rain on dried pavements. Oh, lovely. yes, with it on Both lovely words. Yes, lovely. So if you can get them lovely. in at least ten times today, please. Shall I now read a letter? I glanced down. A letter is a small it's, word for this. Yes, it's an essay, really. So, <laughs> it's a um, novella. Yes, light a cigar and put your feet up. Here we go. <clears throat> Dear Graham and Maria, whilst on holiday recently in Jamaica, I met someone who was working at the resort. Mm-mm. Since I left, I've continued to get to know him and in September I went out to spend the week with him again. He's now planning to come over to the UK, both for a better salary as his job doesn't pay very well and also to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. We've been chatting for six months and talk pretty much every day when we can. He doesn't need me as an attachment for a partner visa. Okay. So far uh, it's just been too expensive for him to come over here for just a short term since flights to the UK from overseas are double the price and neither of us could afford it. However, my family are going to a different Caribbean island next year and I want to bring him with me to visit them. But I know my mum will freak out and say... He's dating me just for money and a visa. She's always told my siblings that they should date someone better, like a doctor or a lawyer, and have persistently (laughs) dismissed them if they're not a white, middle-class, well-educated man. So dating a lifeguard from a foreign country will not go down well. I'm genuinely worried that my family will annex me if I continue to talk to him or find out the intended plans to visit on holiday or come and live in the UK. For context on how my mum reacts to things, she told my sister she wouldn't make anything of herself without good A-levels, despite her excelling in creative subjects and when she got a very small tattoo my mum refused to speak to her for three days despite living in the same house what do you think I should do and that is from Rebecca in Northampton Rebecca in Northampton there's a lot to unpick here clearly your mum is um, quite controlling and I think this is something of a reaction to that but putting that to one side let me just say I mean I speak from experience very much here that holiday romances are in a kind of category of their own Rebecca I mean no one knows about no one knows you and real life is temporarily on hold so you can be who you want to be and dance like no one's watching and all of that so yes it was a lovely holiday romance and as far as him wanting to move here lifeguarding there's not that many beaches and it's very seasonal that's all yes. I would say I feel I feel the romance may not seem the same when they're both wearing shoes with jumpers exactly <laughs> yes you some and you know you're projecting what your mum will say because you know in your heart of hearts that his life is very different to yours I mean look he he hasn't got the money to come and visit you here and I understand the flights are expensive and also, he will need a visa, so you'll need, he'll need sponsors, etc. And so I just don't know if it's worth getting into. I just want, want to say one thing to you, Rebecca, in Northampton, before Graham has his say. What do you think he's doing when the next flight of lovely ladies comes in from Gatwick or Heathrow or Manchester or Belfast or wherever? What do you think he does? Do you think... There are other relationships. Are there more Rebecca's around the world? It's possible. I don't want to rain on your parade. You sound like a lovely girl, Rebecca, but uh, go on holiday by all means and see him. Don't introduce him to the family. Yes, I must say, it is. I find the puzzling thing about this letter is Rebecca thinks her problem is that her mother mightn't like him. <laughs> Like, before we get to the mother, there's so many other yeah, things yeah, really. that are that are problematic about this. You know, the fact that he lives in a, in a different country, he can't afford to come to the country you live in, even though he wants to. So, uh, certainly, I think the meeting up on a Caribbean, a different Caribbean island, is the least of your worries. And I certainly wouldn't plan to do that. I mean, if you go with your parents to that Caribbean island, you take a little popper or however you do in the Caribbean, and you go see him on that island all fine and dandy. Um, I mean, I, I, I fear 
Maria may be correct that if you arrived unannounced, you might, you might not like what you find. But, uh, but uh, you know, I think your mother, you know, that's clearly an issue in your life. So, but separate them. The, the issue with your mother trying to control your life yes. isn't about this relationship. This relationship is so over there. Uh, yeah, they are two very different things. And in some way, though, it is a bit like holding two fingers up to her mother. This The very idea of this and what she will say and how she will respond, it is a bit like you want to break out of the mould of yeah. mother controlling you. Choose a better thing to do it with, I would say, because this is not something... In your heart of hearts, Rebecca, I think you know that there are a lot of other Rebeccas around. And, you know, perfectly nice chap. You're having a nice time. You had a nice time with him. But I would just say leave it there. And when you've built something up, it's so hard. You're saying, no, no, no. You're shouting at the radio. No, I'm different. I'm special. Well, there are a lot of special people. And also, the examples you give of your mother behaving unreasonably, she wants your sister to get good A-levels. I mean, that doesn't seem that unreasonable. And she was cross, she got a tattoo. I mean... Yeah, but what she's saying is, my mum wants me to be go out with a, a, a white lawyer slash doctor slash whatever and a black, clearly from Jamaica, uh, lifeguard will not fit the bill. And yes. I think does, there's a shock element here, Rebecca. But also, there does seem something quite rude about you wanting your children to go out with someone better. Like, as in... Better than them. <laughs> you know, that I want you. I want you to improve yourselves by attaching yourself to something better than you. Yeah. Well, it is like it's the old sort of Bronte thing, isn't it? Of marrying up, not Bronte. Who am I talking about? Austin. Yeah, Jane Austen. So thank you. It's about marrying up, about bettering yourself, about you know taking advantage of your looks and beauty and intellect, etc. I'm not saying your friend in the Caribbean doesn't have all of the above, by the way. No, uh, I am now going to enjoy the apricity uh, coming through the side, through the window, and I will later enjoy the petrichor. Of course, because there it is raining yeah. in, in Hastings. Yeah. Oh, poor you. It's lovely in London, isn't Shut it? Shut up. The responses, part one, and my favourite responders today will be receiving a Waitrose number one coffee and caramel cake. It's an intense coffee cake, a sponge uh, made with dark brown sugar that's been steeped in Brazilian coffee syrup. Hello. Then generously filled and topped with coffee buttercream with a hint of salted caramel and decorated with crunchy cocoa. What, Graham? Nibs. That's... That's what that's decorated with. OK, what did you think? Billy in Dundee, regular correspondent. Rebecca needs to figure things out for herself. Holiday romances are usually a scam, so beware. Although your mom may have a point, it is none of her business. It's for you to make your own mistakes in life, but with a supporting family, you will get through it. Marie is in York. Oh, I was in York. Oh, it's pretty. York, honestly, what a pretty place. I don't think I've ever been before. Ignore the naysayers, Rebecca. Really, Marie? Uh, I'm. Oh, wait, wait, everyone. I met my husband on holiday in Egypt and we faced similar issues. 13 years later, we're married and now have two beautiful girls. Well, tell me and Maria to shut up. What do we know? Because Marie in York is living her best life. Well done you. And actually, it is important to remember that in the middle of all our cynicism... <laughs> And, but yeah, heard this story before. Uh, romance can blossom and true love can emerge. Tony in the Wirral. It's up to you to decide, but I fear the drizzle in Britain may be a bit chillier and a dampener on the romance. Choose your battles with your mom wisely. Every parent wants their children to do well in life and make the right choices. It's universal. And I have to say, uh, Rebecca, I do kind of think your mother doesn't sound that bad. She just sounds like, you know, a bit intense, but she's being a mother. She, you know, she's, that's all she's being. Uh, Russell, go for it. If you give the relationship a try, at least you know you gave it a go. Uh, okay. Well, actually, more positive responses there than I thought. I tell you what, the Waitrose number one coffee and caramel cake, I'm sending that to Marie in York, and she can share it with her lovely Egyptian husband and their two beautiful daughters. Graham's Guide. When you talk like that, Graham. Oh, Shall I read the next letter like that? That's a touch of Mexican in there. I don't know. Here we go. Um, I am going to read the next letter. And this one, as the other one was long, this one is equally short. Excellent. Dear, dear Graham and Maria, my boyfriend and I have been together for almost four years, but in January he's moving to China. China. 
with work. I don't want to go. And we've decided to separate when he goes in January, but stay friends. We love each other deeply, but I don't want to move as my life is here in the UK. Do you have any advice on turning a relationship into a friendship when fundamentally nothing was wrong in the relationship? And that is from Andrew in South London. Well, Andrew in South London, I would counter that because if when you say fundamentally nothing is wrong in the relationship, there is in terms of you didn't want to go to China and he probably didn't consult you about going to China, or did he? I don't know. Either way, it's boohoo for you, and then you don't want to go boohoo for him. So, in terms of the relationship moving forward into you know the next phase, I don't know if it is the next phase, moving in together, getting a dog, buying a sofa, um, all of that. So, I think you don't really need to worry about this. You need to worry about how the fact that both of you will hurt a lot and you'll miss each other, but the relationship will naturally turn into something else by dint of the of five thousand miles or so distance between you but all i will say is he's going towards excitement of the the excitement of the new he's going towards the light almost and you're staying in the old in the sameness so his life is going to be better for a little while because there's so much to explore and new things and new people whereas you've got the same people you didn't want to go I think in the fullness of time one of you may think this might be a mistake I don't think they will oh don't you no but you think it's come to its natural conclusion well it seems and it doesn't seem like a torturous decision or anything and then oh I had sleepless nights and I said no just I don't want to go to China bye let's be friends I mean it seems like it was quite an easy yeah I don't want to go to China I do bye bye so I think what's good is in terms of it turning into a friendship is it's not like he's living in the flat next door and you'll still bump into each other and you're still in the same friendship group and all of that. He's in China. You won't see him going out with new people and and vice versa. He won't see you going out with new people. he's miles away. I mean, I think Maria's absolutely right. For him, it's all exciting and shiny and new. For you, you'll be going to the bar and kind of going, oh, yes, this is where we had our first date. (laughs) Stop it. I remember we used to buy organic vegetables here together. Now I'm just buying half a cauliflower. Um, you know, it, 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 so you will yes, be a bit. But also, I think you will Andrew be a bit in South boo-hoo. London, you can FaceTime him. You know, you can go and visit all of no, those things. No. But but it does sound like whilst nothing has gone wrong in the relationship, it has come to a natural conclusion for you to both want different things. And there's your there's the reason that you're going to be friends. It might be there might be a few recriminations here and there. You'll miss him. He'll miss you. You'll have boohoo's on the phone. But then you'll move on. Yes. And I don't think you need to worry about how do we do it. He'll be 5,000 miles away. That's how you do it. <laughs> yes. I think he's chosen a very good thing to do. No, I mean, he has chosen sort of adventure over you and you've chosen <laughs> and you've chosen stability and and your life over him. So, yeah. you know, you've made your choices. I, I, he's chosen adventure over you. I mean, well, that's that kind of done. right. I know, yeah. but it sounds quite damning, doesn't it? Oh, does it? A, a bit. OK. Well, that's what he's done. He's chosen adventure over you. And, and who can blame him? Well, no. Well, no. I mean, I feel like I do feel like Andrew's been a bit. I mean, anyway. Anyway, look, you've made your decision. I won't. I won't. I won't get involved. Yes, and also decisions like this, Andrew in South London. If it does, you know, if you do miss him madly and he misses you, it can be reversed. You know, you you could have gone to China and then go, I hate it, and I'm coming back. But you, it's almost like you've both dug in your heels here. So that makes me think the relationship had run its course. Yeah, we're I done. I think a lot of Virgin Radio listeners will have found themselves in this position. <laughs> I don't think that at all. Well, I bet you will get someone going, I went to China once. <laughs> yes, I hated it and came straight back. <laughs> Never sponsors part two. And my favourite responders will be getting that waitress number one coffee and caramel cake. Oh, delicious. You get the whole cake. It's in a box. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Carol, well... Let's just pause for a moment. Carol is boating on the Nottingham Canal. That's what she's doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Despite the choppy waters on the Nottingham Canal, she managed to text this. Andrew, you don't want to go to China. Your boyfriend doesn't want to stay. The separation will be difficult for you both, but your lives are going in different directions now. 
Enjoy your next few months together and look back on this time with pleasant memories and be ready to move on. Good luck and stay strong. I mean, the next few months together are going to be weird because it's like, it's like I don't know, it, it just horrible. Yes, I don't envy you. The next, I, we totally miss that bit. Yeah, it's not like he's leaving on Monday. <laughs> They've got months of this. Dave in Gloucester. Uh, Andrew, bide your time. He may just be getting this out of his system. He'll be in a strange country full of people eating unspeakable things and talking a strange language. <laughs> he could well be back soon. Well, Dave, what a lovely view of travel you have. <laughs> this English is really hard to understand. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't think he's moving to China. I think he's just going to China. But anyway, yes, you're right. He might be back soon. Uh, Andrew needs to just accept things as they are. His partner has chosen the life and experience that he wants, and as Andrew has chosen his path in life. Whether the relationship could change to a friendship is another matter. If you went with him, it may have ended badly with you both resenting one another. That's from Billy and Dundee. Billy is so wise. and Billy is wise. Um, no, that is true, because, yeah, it's, it's a lot of stress to put on a relationship if you go to a really different country just for a person and then they're busy <laughs> you're sat at home going where where's antiques roadshow i can't find it yeah. uh thoughts for andrew's partner i understand lgbt relationships face a number of legal and social problems in china so maybe it's a good decision on andrew's part that's amy amy you know i thought the same thing i kind of thought well how are they going as a couple to china <laughs> Because I don't think China will be thrilled to have Mr. and Mr. Andrew uh, floating in. But they, you know, but obviously they, well, maybe Andrew's not willing to live like that. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give the delicious Waitrose number one coffee and caramel cake to Billy and Dundee, home of the cake. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy that. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. I am now joined by Catherine Hahn and Leslie Odom Jr. Hello. Hello. Hey. I was saying it looks, it looks, normally we just have one guest. When there's two in, you're at these little tables, it does look like you're setting an exam. So I'm, I apologize. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely having back to school um, anxiety. (laughs) So exciting new Knives Out movie. This one's called Glass Onion. Yeah. It's just—it's not the. It's just glass onion. That's right. That's yeah. right. Glass onion. <laughs> an, a knives out mystery, I think, is the little subtitle. Okay. Yes. Well done. We know it's not a sequel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess because this is—you know—if it's not broke, don't fix it. It's a, a bunch of big stars uh, coming together in an ensemble murder mystery. Uh, who are you both in this? What can you tell us about it? Well, we can say the one the one t- thread that's tying them both together is the, of course, magnificent Daniel Craig, yeah. um, who's Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc, who is incredible. I I play a governor of Connecticut whose name is Claire Debella. That's what I can say. Uh, I, I play a scientist. Uh, what, what's my name? Lionel. Think Lionel Toussaint. <laughs> I can tell you now. Hang but, on. Uh, uh, but we yes. Yes. Okay. Very we're, crush worthy. We're we're connected to uh, to a character played by the brilliant Edward Norton, and uh, we've been friends for a very long time. And you know that those the relationships are fraught with all kinds of tension because of the history, mm-hmm. and that leads to us needing Benoit very close to us. And I mean, so no spoilers, but we know yeah. that you go to Greece. Yes. Yes, and it does look like. A bunch of actors on holiday. I mean, you oh you must have had the nicest time. Mm. So fun, especially in the middle of a pandemic, too. You know what I mean? Like we—that was the first work that a lot of us had done in in months and months. Mm. And we got to, because of it, we got to, because we kept in such a small bubble and the ensemble was so tiny that uh, basically we would do these mafia nights. I don't know if you know that game mafia where everyone closes their eyes and someone's Kate Hudson was trying to explain this. So oh, I think yeah, here yeah, yeah. it's called oh. werewolves and That's villagers. Right. right. Same it's thing. the same exact thing. Yeah. Okay. But we would do that on Saturday nights. Ryan would handwrite invitations to it. Ryan Johnson, the director, incredible director of the first one as well. Um, And we would get these handwritten invitations and then meet on the rooftop of this hotel where we were staying while we were shooting the second half of the movie in Serbia. And then we would go up and we would have these like fabulous 
mystery <laughs> in it was like movie outside the movie janelle monet who's also in it uh would come in literal costume <laughs> and, and we would usually get like i mean we would some of us would get so i don't even know I, I, what's the english word for it snogger drunk Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. drunk. Drunk, drunk, yeah. yeah. Drunk, yeah. Drunk, yeah. drunk, it's Wasted. the same. Snoggered. <laughs> a lot of us have been snoggered, but, uh, yeah. And what's the story, Leslie, you, ho- you hosted these events. We yes. did, yeah. Catherine and I, we were- Leslie pre- hosted, we pre- I would embellish. Oh, okay. <laughs> my favorite, yeah, my favorite thing is to describe the, the murders. When, so yeah, the, when, so it's, you could, it's a running commentary of what's yeah, happening. Right. Yes. Yeah, these, these parlor games, very, uh, very nerdy, but we were able to, it was a way for us to stay out of the nightclubs and it was a way for us to kind of gather and uh, have this um, this way to you know drink and hang out it was so much fun and because Benoit Blanc is the detective he's kind of over there observing everyone and trying to figure out the crime crime uh, yeah. is Daniel Craig like that then does he was he a bit standoffish because he kind of thought no I must I mustn't mix too much oh man we you know I, I had hoped before seeing this film I got a chance to see it a couple weeks ago I hoped that a fraction of the fun that we had making it showed up on the screen mm-hmm. and and thank goodness so much mm-hmm. of the fun we had making it showed up on the screen but that doesn't happen without um, a director and a star who make that who give you permission mm. to have that kind of fun. You know, Daniel and Ryan, I think, enjoy each other so much. Mm-hmm. And they um, they were just so welcoming to us, to us all. Yeah, Daniel's a blast. Yeah. And do you guys know each other? Because you, you're both voices in Central Park, which mm-hmm. is the, the Apple TV Plus That's uh, right. animation. But do you know each other through that or no? This was this was the first time that we, <laughs> we, we met were, on a plane once for like two seconds. But yeah, like when we record that, you're never in the same room. But I uh, turns out I adore the crap out of this guy. I'm so lucky that we got to do this together. It's just been such blessing on blessing. He's such a, I just worship him a and b. Just he's a gem of a human. So we're really yeah really we got lucky we got pretty we got pretty tight on this. I mean yeah. Catherine is Catherine's a miracle. You know what I mean? Like she because Catherine they're they're funny people on a set. You know that I've I've been I've worked with funny people on set, but there there are Catherine makes everybody funnier, Aww. everybody's wackier, everybody's sillier. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. She's a hoot. Um, and also presumably because it's Honestly. an ensemble, no one's feeling the pressure. That's you know, right. it's, yeah, it's it, right. it, you can have fun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It really feels like, it really feels like back to theater. Like it really felt like we were doing a, a just like a awesome summer summer stock play. Yeah. Like with just happened to be with Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leslie Hunter Jr. When you don't. Sing. I feel like uh, you're cheating. Like when you're just hundred yeah. percent. When you're just acting, I think. Well, I know it's in there. Come yeah, on. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, Ryan's talked about um, the next one maybe being a, a musical. So I, I might be sad that I was a part of this one. But anyway, yeah, he's he's mentioned that. Yeah, so you guys know. Because you don't even hum in this one. You don't even you don't even do a little walking down the pier. Know. You know, I don't just... even hum. No, it's true. I'm so every time I get a job where I don't have to sing for my supper, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, I'm very grateful. Yeah. yeah. And do you? I mean, I guess you know. Once you're in movies, uh, you know. Theater might be my first love, but there you go. <laughs> no, not for us. Not for us. T- <laughs> but he's such a great, great actor. It's always so delicious to see what else is. Go- I mean, because we, we all know him as this gorgeous voice that it's so fun. It's just so also just so deliciously revealing to see just just see you just act. Hey, thanks. It's true. I, no, I, I mean, I, I'd go back to the theater. I'm always looking for a reason to go back to the theater I might I might do something uh, next year in the states uh, in New York but um, it's it's been I, I never expected to do this TV and film stuff I mean I really the the highest aspiration I had for myself was to be a part of like a you know some theater company in the states where I'd do three or four parts a year yeah. you know I'd, I'd be the guard in one show and then I'd be uh, you know maybe a prince in another show you know what I mean that was that was and it's, it's great that Hamilton has changed so many of your lives like it's not yeah. just like a couple of breakout stars yeah. it's so many of you have, have, have left that show and gone on to amazing things well that i mean i think that 
if I have if I have experience doing anything, it is it's being a part of these great ensembles, yeah. like Glass Onion, like Hamilton. What what I what I brought to the table was yeah the the uh, having been a part of a real championship squad like that mm. is knowing how to how to share, how to give and take, how to support the work, uh, the brilliant work happening around you, and and really that comes from a writer like Lynn, a writer like Ryan making that. May, uh, uh, being so generous mm. amongst the company so people don't feel like they're in competition. Yeah. They feel like they can just yeah. support. And then your Catherine, your version of singing is the is being funny. <laughs> and, and like but how did that happen because you the thing that people got to know you in Crossing Jordan which was, you know, you were a grief counselor in and, the morgue. Yeah. As, so as it were. As how it how did people how did people find out oh she's got she's got comedy chops. You know, I never I was always I would say the class clown, but I was never like the, you know, I never did like the sketch route or anything. I was like a, a classically trained actor that's what I wanted to do I started in theater um, and I think it was meeting Adam McKay and those guys I had a very tiny tiny part in Anchorman and um, which led to uh, uh, you know Step Brothers and then it kind of like came from there at the same time that I was doing kind of this best friend in romantic comedy chapter um, <laughs> incidentally uh, w- my first movie was with Kate in How to Lose of a Guy course, in 10 yes, Days yes, yes, so yes. to be able to like full circle and see her just like you know just be so delicious in this was just like a dream of dreams and what an awesome full circle so um, yeah I just it was never again you just never know what's around the corner and I, I feel like my career is such beautiful chaos but I I've, you know, I've been able to be in such different yeah, genres but I, are you on a stage where you kind of go, okay, I've done a couple of funnies. Now I'm gonna wait out. For, I'm I gonna wish wait for a there drama. Was any major plan? Okay, no. <laughs> exactly. It's just I should represent of, you. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. do it. Can come up with a plan. Into the I need abyss. to manage your career because uh, it's, it's just all over the place. Yeah. I love it that way, though. It's the most fun. We get. I, I'm so. I'm really pleased that I haven't been pigeonholed in any way. Clearly, and I'm just able to kind of like dip in and out of a lot of different genres. It's been really, really fun. And this, I, just, I meant to say this earlier and I totally forgot. You guys, you, if people want to see you in the flesh, you are doing red carpet tomorrow night. That's right. Yes. Uh, yes. You're at the London Film My Festival. My avatar is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I won't be there. It will be a hologram of me. Okay. Yeah. In a beautiful gown. <laughs> yes, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Are we closing the, the festival? Is it yeah. The yeah, yeah, we're yeah you're, the it. Festival. you're it. You're yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to shut you it down. You are going, right? I am. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I feel be like there. this is news to both no. of you. <laughs> what? Yeah, what got are we here doing like tomorrow five night? Ago. <laughs> I have dinner plans. <laughs> It'll be my avatar. Uh, so is it he? Is it down? You probably don't know. You is know, it in the BFIs in Leicester Square? I think it's at the Royal Hall. Is the that what it's Royal called? Albert Hall. Yeah. Uh, no, sure. Royal yeah. Festival Hall. Royal Festival the Hall. Royal yeah, Festival Hall, which is so gorgeous. I just it's saw a screening there last night, and I couldn't believe how gorgeous the theater was and how beautiful the sound and the picture was. It's, great. You're going to be very excited. Awesome. It's thrilling. Okay, yeah. so that is tomorrow night. That is tomorrow night. So people night. want to come and wave. Are you all? Come. Are you all there? We're all going to be there. We're all going to be there. So come. Even, even Dave Batista. We we uh, Dave's shooting Dune too, so we haven't gotten to do any press with him yet. Yeah, so we Dave can't wait be to there. see him. Yeah. But it's wow. a really, really fun group of jerks, uh, this whole cast. So I can't wait for you all. all. Come see us. We would love to see you. You'll wave from a distance. Wave from a distance. Uh, that is Knives at Glass Onion. If you're not there tomorrow night, you can see it in select cinemas for a week from the 23rd of November. And then it'll be on Netflix from the 23rd of December. Uh, Catherine Leslie Odom Jr., thank you so much for what coming to see you. What a pleasure. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your time in London town. Thank you. We love it thank so much you. here. Bye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. I love a guest that needs no introduction, and that's what I've got. So let's get on and wish a very good afternoon to Lenny Henry. Hello. Good afternoon, Graham. How are you today? I'm very well. I'm... I... See, because everything says Lenny Henry, I want to call you Sir Lenny Henry because I'm so... I'm thrilled for you, and it's a big deal. <laughs> and do you use the Sir at all? Um, none of my family do, so because um, <laughs> you're part of my family, because I'm on my couch with you all the time every Friday. It's just Lenny, as far as everybody's concerned, really. Okay. No keeping the four locks, no backing out of a room. <laughs> do do cab drivers call you Sir Lenny Henry and things? Right, Sir Lenny, how's it go? I get a lot of that. Yeah. You never guess who I had in the car the other day, Sir Ian. <laughs> 
Uh, no, you bring us. I because when I saw you were coming on the show, it was one of those things like, well, it could be anything. It could be so many things he's promoting. But in this instance, it is your new kids' book. It's called the Book of Legends. This is your second uh, kids' book. So tell us about the Book of Legends. Um, it's I, I, I really enjoyed writing it. It was two years, um, mostly during lockdown. Um, so I got a, a lot of time in my pajamas, hobnobs, cups of tea and letting my imagination run riot. What kind of book would I have loved to read when I was a kid? And I loved magic. I loved stories like The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe and The Secret Garden and things like that. And um, I always wanted to kind of have these adventures where you met magical creatures and stuff. And that unfortunately doesn't happen in Dudley. So <laughs> you have to make it up. So I just basically made up a story that I would have loved when I was nine. Um, it's about twins are going to a magical kingdom to rescue their mum and they meet all kinds of magical creatures and have all kinds of adventures and it's incredibly exciting and their guide is a wizard called Wilma and a zebracorn. He's not a unicorn or a zebra, he's a zebracorn. <laughs> and um, it's uh, it's great. And I did the audio book the other day and it was such fun doing all the different voices and saying, oh, this is Stephen Fry. Oh, this is, this is Drake. This is Norman Beaton. This is my mum. So it was really good fun, and I hope I hope parents love reading it to their kids, and I hope that kids will enjoy reading it for themselves. But honestly, like you are so so, I think the word is profligate with your stories because this is a story about stories, um, because it, it's based around this book. Uh, are any of those stories kind of traditional stories, or did you make them all up? Um, well, I read lots of myths and African folk tales and things like that before I started because I wanted to get a grounding in how these stories are told. And Aesop's fables sprang to mind, you know, the story of the fox and the goose and the the swan and the all all of those traditional Aesop's Anansi stories. And I, I wanted to get a kind of storytelling tenor and mode like that when I told the stories within stories because that's important. They've all got a kind of a moral ethical thing going on so the kids might learn something they might not but um, <laughs> what they basically do is give the give our heroes fran and bran clues as to how to get to their mom and what to do next so the the book that the mom has written um she's a she's a storyteller she works in a shop called once upon a wow um she's she's written this book and some some of it's on sticky notes some of it's on bits of paper um and there are clues within the stories for how to get to her and the kids follow them diligently and they meet all kinds of people and creatures as they do so. Um, and I loved writing it. I loved it. And of course, it, it, you wrote it and it's got lots of words in it. And I guess people could read it to someone or you could read it yourself if, if you're mm. up to it. But uh, we should also mention the beautiful illustrations, uh, Keenan Farrell. Did you know him or were you kind of put together with him by a publisher? How did that, how did that match come together? It was a bit like an X Factor. You're going to judge his houses. Oh, by the way, you're working with this guy. Um, <laughs> no, it, it wasn't like that. Um, I was presented with lots of different types of illustration um, uh, because these are kids that I wanted. My when I was reading stories to my daughter in the '90s, there were no kids. And I've said this before that when there were no kids in these stories that looked like her. So one of the things I wanted to do was tell stories where the characters might look like I might have looked when I was 12. So the kids are young kids of colour. They're twins. One's called Fran, one called Bran. Bran is deaf. Um, and I, I wanted somebody who could embody these kids with animation and life and characterization. And when I saw Keaton Farrell's illustrations, I immediately fell in love with the way he, he draws. It's kind of an animated way of drawing. He specifies in animation and he uses mainly a computer. He draws onto a computer screen directly. Um, and I, I made him draw with a pencil in New York. I was in New York and we wanted to do some filming. And I said, could you draw the characters? And man, I don't use a pen and a paper anymore. I said, we can just try for the camera. And, um, and he did and it was wonderful. So he's very talented and I'm, I'm hoping we get to stick together a bit like the police or the Beatles for a while. No, he's really good. Uh, he really does. But, but now you mentioned Billy there. Of course, Billy's all grown up. So do you test drive these stories on, on kids or how does it work? Do you just kind of trust your own instincts? Well, what, what the what the publishers, Pam McMillan, are very good at doing is putting you in the, in the room with kids who want to listen to these stories. And um, I went on the news the other day and I read to 20 kids in a room. And it's great because you can see their faces. Are they Are they still engaged? Are they enjoying it? And what kind of questions do they ask afterwards? And they they all get very excited, and they all want to know how you write and what you, why you write and how to get started. And and um, one kid always is it going to be a movie? 
yeah. When's it coming out as a movie? I'm going to wait till it's a movie. No, kids, you got to read. It's a whole point. But you must get nervous. I, I imagine that must be terrifying reading to a group of children because they, you know, if they if they are bored, you are going to know. Oh my goodness! I've done pantomime. Trust me. If they don't <laughs> like it, they just get up and go. They go to the toilet. They climb under the seat. They eat glutes. They throw up. They'll do anything but listen to what you're doing. So un- unless it's percussive and loud and funny and uh, physical and visual, kids kind of it has to evoke those things in their heads. Otherwise, children don't engage. And I think that's a good rule, actually. Um, having done lots, four pantomimes at least, I, I really understood there were moments when if it was too many words, they'd slightly drift off. But if there was enough there to kind of hook them in each time, then they were cool, which is why Keenan's so important to these books. Lenny, we should remind it's probably sold out, but you are appearing tomorrow night at the Cheltenham Literature Festival. Is this correct? That is correct. I'll be there. I'll be there from the afternoon. Uh, I'm talking about the Book of Legends and I might be signing epi- uh, copies of my memoir as well, which is called Rising to the Surface. And I'm doing a talk with Nathan Byron about the Book of Legends and I'm looking forward to that because he's funny. And uh, tell me, this, I think tomorrow night's a big night, isn't it? Because I think Bono's at the Cheltenham Literature Festival tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. I, 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 I didn't know that. I'm Quite the double I'm, bill. <laughs> I'm, I'm quivering. <laughs> All of a quiver. Um, so we should say the, the second volume of your memoir, you mentioned it there, uh, Rising to the Surface, that came out in September and is now. And that, how far up does that one go? <laughs> Sorry it's taking so long, Graham. I'll try to keep it tight for the next one. <laughs> yeah, what I'm like, because... when am I going to be in it? That's what I want to know. When, when do I show up? <laughs> it's from 1981. So it goes from three of a kind to the year 2000, which is when Lenny Henry and Pieces came out. So it's a 20 year time period. And it's just trying to do a, a journey through the ups and downs of trying to maintain a career in the biz, really. Yeah. Um, so, and it was, you know, no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader, same with laughter. There was a lot of catharsis and reflection in, in writing it, as you know. And um, I, 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 saw, I enjoyed the process. It was difficult because I was writing about my mom because uh, she was poorly for quite a long time during this period. Um, so there was a lot of remembering that stuff. But any time I can remember my mum with joy is time well spent. So this was a good way to spend writing this book. And actually, it is one of the perks, I think, of getting older, is you get to look back. You know, it's incredible that you can look back at a chunk of 20 years and it's not your whole life. It's just a chunk of 20 years. Yeah, and, and nobody nobody worries when T.S. Eliot or somebody does like 15 volumes of a life story. You know, you could, you could, you could zoom in and helicopter down to kind of a three-month period and spend a whole book just writing about that. So to get to fit 20 years into a volume is, I thought, you know, my editor was laughing and just saying, you know, wait till they get to the next bit. We're not even up to 2010 yet. So um, I'm hoping the next book will be shorter for the readers. (laughs) But also the next book will be this extraordinary kind of third act of where you as an actor, you as a kind of very serious credible actor um lord of the rings uh the rings of power that's all out to binge now are you heading off to make more of that i can't possibly say <laughs> okay bye <laughs> possibly say yeah, um, but you are sitting beside a suitcase <laughs> i really enjoyed it they're making it in they're making it in britain now so you know with you know i had to go to new zealand on several occasions and do isolation for two years on the trot and they're, they're making it like 20 minutes away from my house now, which is really ridiculous. Oh, that's They couldn't handy. do this a year ago. <laughs> um, and that being part, I mean, that must be such kind of on You know, when you are writing a book and looking back at your career, it must be extraordinary to think, wow, how did, how did I go from this to being part of this huge franchise? Yeah, well, I, I've always thought that. Um, a, I always look at what's going to happen next because I always want to know. And I always want to imagine that the next thing I do will be the thing. Um, so this was an extraordinary journey, an opportunity, and to have the experience and to be in a room where Ian, Ian McKellen's face is, is in a mask on the wall and, and Liam, <laughs> Liam Neeson and, and Sean Bean's face is on a mask on the wall and, and then Martin Freeman's rubber feet come out and they try and squeeze those onto yours and they don't fit. So they get somebody else's feet to squeeze onto your feet. And for a, for a brief five minutes there, I had these 
very white northern rubber feet on the bottom of my legs. And then they said, well, don't worry, we'll put makeup on that and it'll be just like your feet. And I hope so, because I'm yeah. not sure that'll cut. <laughs> Thanks but, for that. Um, it was really exciting and an extraordinary experience to go through. But I, I, I kind of pretty much approach all the work like that. I kind of I look forward to doing the new thing, the next thing, and um, learning from it. I always want to learn. So this was a good experience. Well, listen, congratulations on it all. Like I say, uh, the, the Lord of the Rings is all out there to binge now. The memoir, Rising to the Surface, is out. And now, a new kid's book, The Book of Legends. Lenny, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Oh, it's Saturday, much, isn't it? Saturday. It's Saturday today. I might have to try the lasagna later. Oh, do. I have a recipe for the best lasagna, if you'd like it. Yes, please. Um, it was very interesting, listeners, because he was eating it in the break, so it, it must be tasty. No, it's good. It's good. Okay. All right, take care of yourself. Bye, Thank Lenny. You, Bye. Still to come, we have our first ever Sunday session with Isaac Stewart, and we have a round of Guess the Guest. But first... Martha... That's the jingle. Uh, Martha, 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 check that out. Uh, so this is, uh, well, tell us what it is. So this is a, a classic lasagna. But it's not just any old lasagna. Well, it's coined in the, week, in the weekend paper, the best lasagna. Um, my new column that I've been writing recently, so this is the third one, is called The Best. So I do heavy research on one particular item uh, and then try and put together my version that I think is, in my opinion... Well, my favourite. <laughs> Andy from Ross and Wise has already been in touch. Uh, he said, who told Martha that today was the day I was going to construct a lasagna? <gasps> I've bought all the ingredients. I've just got to hope that my list matches Martha's. Otherwise, it's a trip back to Waitrose. <laughs> I don't create dishes. It's more of a construction process. I'm enjoying the show. So uh, good luck, Andy. Hopefully you've got all the ingredients. Uh, what makes it the best? What, it, what is the unusual ingredient? What's the thing that people mightn't think of doing? So there's nothing that unusual because lasagna is a classic that I think the Italians would be quite upset if it was messed with and I agree it's got its it's got its classic flavours that you don't want to be adding things into I don't do that every week sometimes I throw in a secret ingredient but this week it's very traditional but it's just little things like using two kinds of meat in there adding a little bit of milk to your ragu whilst it cooks I know you're a crazy girl it's it's <laughs> using those traditional Italian techniques to their best and it's slow cooking this is a good a good old slow cook ragu because it brings out all that lovely flavour. Okay. And how, I mean, is it, so what time is it now? It's quarter to 12. So no one's having this for lunch. Well, I think Andy might be a little bit, a little bit late if he wants to have this for his lunch. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a, a 5pm lunch. Um, it's a low and slow, but there's lots of hacks. You can use a slow cooker, you can use a pressure cooker, you can use your oven and bake lots of other things at the same time whilst it's having its, its big bake. Okay. It does look... So delicious! It's oh, almost—it's not quite bubbling, but it's almost bubbling at mm. me. And what I have to know, just before I play a record, and then we get to the recipe, uh, what are the leaves? The little leaves on the top. It's got some sage leaves on the top. Actually, that isn't traditional. That's a little Martha twist. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll claim that one. Go, Martha. Go, Martha. Sage. <laughs> a little bit of sage. Make it look pretty. Sage. It's her signature herb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I'm going to eat some, and then we'll find out how to make the best lasagna. Not any old lasagna <laughs> the best lasagna that's what we're having okay so uh it's the best lasagna as worked out by martha uh tell us how, how do you make it so we're going to start with this ragu obviously the basis of every good lasagna is a really good meat sauce so we're going to start with the the the, the classic three that you use the sofrito um which is olive oil um, and then we've got celery onion and carrots all going in there to get course, nice and Nice and caramelised a little bit. I grate the carrot so you don't end up with those big lumps because it's quite difficult to dice a carrot. People are good at dicing onion and celery, but carrot can make your lasagna look a bit clunky. So if you grate it, it just really melts into the sauce and you won't be caught out. I would not out. know there was a carrot in there. <laughs> yeah, it's good to hide. Hiding vegetables as well for your kids. Then once that's browned, we're going to add our two kinds of mints. So we're doing pork mints and beef mints. These are both Waitrose Essential. One, it's a 10% beef fat and 8% pork fat mince goes in there gets nice and brown and that mixture of meats adds a really lovely flavour it doesn't make it taste like a big shepherd's pie it adds that nice it's classic ragu flavour oh, okay so once that's gone in we're then going to add our milk so milk is traditionally used in Italian ragu supposedly because it kind of mellows out the acidity of the tomatoes and adds a bit of sweetness so you pour quite a lot of milk in 500 millilitres of milk wow over your mince reduce that by half then in goes tomatoes 
Red wine. You can use white or red, but I tried both and I prefer the flavour of the red. That may, that's what makes it the best. A, st- a stock cube, but you, if you have white, put white in. A stock cube and a sprig of rosemary. Then you stick the lid on and this goes either into the oven for two hours, but whilst it's in the oven, you can put, you can bake other things. Don't feel like yeah. it's a waste of electricity. Yeah. I did write this recipe prior <laughs> to, <laughs> to, the, the, to the fuel shortage. <laughs> to the fuel shortage. Um, but you can actually also do the mince in a slow cooker. So put it in in the morning and it will be ready in the evening. Mm-hmm. Or you can put it in a pressure cooker if you've got one of those. So you can speed up your process. Yeah. But essentially, though, two hours, you're looking at quite a long time for your ragu. But, it's, yeah. but you, you shouldn't rush it. No, you don't want to rush it. Honestly, the flavour that you get from slow cooking mince and meat just really... Add so much. And actually, yeah, come to that. I mean, if you wanted to, could you cook it for longer? Yeah, you could leave it in there all day if you want. It's got the lid on, so it shouldn't yeah, yeah. reduce too much. Okay. Um, and then whilst it's happening, I'm going to make our bechamel sauce. So we've got the classic roux with the flour and the butter and the milk, then mm-hmm. a bit of nutmeg, some Parmigiano Reggiano. Oh, yes. And then assemble up your lasagna with your ragu and your bechamel and make all your layers. Try and get a lot of layers of pasta because that's what makes it hold its shape when you get it out. So I try and get four layers. Mm-hmm. in the end of the pasta and then on the top you want some torn mozzarella so your bechamel sauce is the final layer obviously then you want torn mozzarella a little bit of the parmesan cheese and then i've put some sage leaves i've just brushed a little bit of oil just to make it look a bit bit special you know? it does look ever so fancy <laughs> and it is delicious it's really oh, gorgeous you. real depth of flavor I feel I'm like, pleased to I feel hear like it. this is the day we need Jane Middlemas in to do the tasting because uh, <laughs> she would she would really go for this <laughs> big time. She would be like a sommelier uh, eating this lasagna. Uh, Martha, this is Martha's own recipe. Uh, recipes past and present can be found on the Graham Norton with Waitrose Hub on the Waitrose website. Head to waitrose.com slash showchef and you can see all the recipes prepared by Martha. You could also check out uh, the recipe on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. And what you say, is this in the weekend paper? It is, yep. Yeah. It's in this weekend this weekend's weekend paper is it the cover star <laughs> uh, yes it is oh it's it the cover is. star ladies I've just eaten the cover star take the slow road there you go <laughs> well done you Martha oh thank um, you you're back again tomorrow uh, are we sweet or savoury tomorrow something sweet Mm-mm. Mm. something sweet this way comes the Graham Norton radio show with Waitrose food to feel good about Virgin Radio so what have you made us today Martha Collison oh today this is this is like an interval snack <laughs> um, a toffee apple loaf cake today nice and autumnal now when you say toffee toffee apple so not easy to say, is it? <laughs> Toffee apple loaf cake. Uh, you do not conjure up what I see before me. It is spectacular looking. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you're appreciating it. <laughs> yeah, no, really, it's a feast. Because you kind of think, oh, that'll be quite a kind of, you know, rustic, uh, yes. you know, <laughs> coffee shop with a lot of leaflets near the door kind of <laughs> kind of uh, cake. A loaf cake can be deceiving because it can literally be just an uniced chunk of cake that's cooked in a loaf pan or I've kind of used it as the basis of a layered cake oh yeah yeah I'd have a bit of spark I mean you've turned it into a showstopper is what oh, you've done thank you. yes you have um, and I always like to know before we get into uh, baking how complicated is this I mean a loaf shouldn't be that complicated yeah no loaf cake is as cakes go pretty middle of the middle of the road quite simple um and then it's making a buttercream making a bit of toffee sauce is i would say this is achievable it's within within grasp you lost me at toffee sauce <laughs> uh, i just uh, if i made toffee sauce it would just be gritty and have you know unmelted bits of sugar in no, it no you yeah. can do you can do this one it doesn't need a sugar thermometer or any of those fancy bits it's just four ingredients melting in a pan for five minutes okay you can do it graham yeah 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 <laughs> and what about the um like uh, uh, have you done much to the appley bits on the top? So or are they the, just de- decoration? There's apple in the cake. Of course. Kind of almost. I've, I've used the base of a carrot cake for this cake because I love the moistness you get from a carrot cake and the way the carrot's grated through it. So I've done the same with an ap- taking out the carrot and replacing with apple. Gotcha. So that should be rippled through the cake and then on the top is apple slices and I've just put these in a little bit of lemon juice so that they don't turn a lovely shade of brown which would be perfectly edible, but slightly less attractive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, thank you, Martha, <laughs> yeah. for my dead, Oxidized my dead toffee apple, apple loaf cake. <laughs> uh, all right, tell you what, uh, do go to our our socials at Virgin Radio UK, where you can see a picture of this because it really is. It's a feast for the eye as well as the mouth. So tell us about this cake. Uh, how do we start? Where do we go with it? So we're going to start with the apple loaf. 
element. Yeah. So it's a nice melting method cake, which means there's no creaming or whisking involved. So we start by melting butter in a saucepan, in another bowl combine flour, bicarbonate of soda, a little bit of cinnamon. Mm. Then we're going to add two kinds of sugar to the melted butter, caster sugar and light brown sugar. So it adds that little caramel note. And then a little bit of natural yogurt, which helps give it a lift. Okay. And then you combine the wet with the dry, make a nice smooth batter, and then we're going to put in a whole grated... I've used a Braeburn apple. Of course. But... I could taste that. I was thinking, what is it? Other apples are available. Yeah. Um, you can use whatever apple you want, but make sure you weigh the gratedness of it, because if and you... Is Braeburn a cooking apple? Uh, it's not. Apple. It's an eating apple, actually. It's okay. kind of it kind of sweet. It's a sweet, tangy one, so not super sweet, but mm. not like a very sour one. But you could use a very sour, but because all apples are different sizes, just make sure you weigh it. You want 125 grams of grated apple. Because it's a recipe. Yes, because too much, <laughs> your cake might collapse, and we don't want any collapse. I had a few yeah. collapse cakes in the tests for this one. Oh, really? Not today, like when I was writing the recipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm insistent. <laughs> I'm insistent that it must be exactly that amount of apple. <laughs> um, then that goes into the oven for 45 minutes. Okay. And then whilst it's baking, you can concoct your other elements. So we're making a custard buttercream. Now, can I just say, that is delicious. Oh, thank you. The custard buttercream is so good. And also, I like you. You haven't been mean with it. <laughs> yeah, I put a generous amount yeah, on there. Yeah, nice. Because gotta... although it's a loaf, you've you've cut it. So the, the cream's in the middle yes. as well as on top. You've got double helping. And we've got to stay warm this winter. We've got to have double buttercream. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's layer up. So yeah. it, it sounds really fancy because it's a custard buttercream, but it's basically a regular buttercream. So creaming together butter, icing, sugar. Then I'm using custard powder. Oh, so yes. a good old classic from the cupboard. Oh, yeah, the um, birds. Yep, a bit of birds. And yeah. then some double cream. Whisk it all together until it gets lovely, moussey, light buttercream mm-hmm. into a piping bag. And then your toffee sauce is just butter, a little bit of d- soft, dark brown sugar, mm-hmm. double cream into a pan, melty melt, bit of sea salt. <laughs> Melty melt. Melty melts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes uh, literally two or three minutes, and then you want it to be quite liquidy, so take it off the heat, cool it down completely. Then, when you come to assemble your cake, slice the loaf in half very carefully with a serrated knife. Very, and you have done that so carefully because that Thank could you. that could look very. <laughs> it could odd. look a bit wonky. Yeah. yeah. But if it looks wonky, then just cover the whole thing with buttercream. <laughs> That's what I would recommend. If you haven't sliced perfectly straight, then you want to fill the middle with buttercream. Put buttercream on the top. Arrange over some sliced apple that you put in a bit of lemon juice, and then drizzle that toffee sauce over the top. This would be a good kind of bonfire night cake, I think. Wouldn't it, though? Mm. Yes. Oh, oh, love it. The fireworks have started already. I haven't seen any fireworks. No, (gasps) last night there was lots of... I need to stay here. ...bangs and pops. (laughs) It was uh, too early. Too (laughs) early, I say. Sorry, I digress. Uh, If you uh, fancy making this cake, don't forget that recipes past and present can be found in the Graham Norton with Waitrose hub on the Waitrose website. You go to waitrose.com slash showchef to see all the recipes. And as I said earlier, you can check out the recipes on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. And is this in the weekend paper or anything, or is it just online? It's just online, this one. Just online. Just online, but it is. Oh, it it's it is much more spectacular in both eyeballs and taste buds uh, than the name suggests. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to delight. To yeah, delight so this check, Sunday. <laughs> check it out. Check it out. Uh, thank you very much. I'll see you next weekend. Yes. Thank you very much, Martha. It's the first of our Sunday sessions. Uh, so we welcome to the studio Isaac Stewart. Hello. Hello, Graham. How are you doing? I'm very well. What a time to be Isaac Stewart. Uh, this is exciting. You got a new single out on yesterday. No, two Friday. days ago. Friday. Yes. Friday. Came out on Friday. If tomorrow, out everywhere. Okay, it's out everywhere. In all the usual places, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're going to be playing that for us in a little bit. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's, so you've got three tracks. Mm. So why don't you you play the first of them, then we'll chat some more. And So you're doing two covers? Yes, two covers. Okay, so what's the first cover? Well, I wanted to do something special for you, Graham. Did you? Big fan, obviously. Oh, I've watched bless, you bless. growing up. And, um, all right. And so... <laughs> and I, um, I wanted to do something special. And I've heard, Little Birdie tells me that this is one of... Maybe even the your your favourite song or one of your favourite. Oh yes, songs. yes. And so I thought I'd do my own version of it for you today. And what 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 do you do? It's Reach by S Club. You are 7. correct. It is. Yay, I love there this we go. song. Good. Me too. I love song. this song. I know. Were you born when the song came out? I'm not sure when it came out. Actually, <laughs> at 2000. I was one. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I was dancing to this at my 40th birthday party. <laughs> okay. Hear the full track over on our Virgin Radio UK YouTube channel. Right, let's get to the, the meat of the matter. Yeah. New single New came single. out on Friday. It's called If Tomorrow. What do you want to tell us about this? This is your own song. Yes, my own song now. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's one of my favourite songs I think I've ever written. Um, it's about a sort of reflecting on times where I was struggling with my mental health and sort of going through and feeling quite sad all the time. But I wrote it as a sort of out the other end, light at the end of the tunnel sort of anthem. And I mean anthem by the feeling that I, that sort of bubble you're in of sadness where there's a, feels like there's a cloud of rain over your head all the time. It's almost worthy of being the end of a coming of age film and you're running in the rain. And, it's, and so it's that kind of song that I wrote to be like, yeah, that's that moment done, but let's... Let's make something light of it and let's let's enjoy it and, and lap it up as a sort of theatrical kind of thing, which I quite like doing with my music. I like finding the sort of theatre or the poetry or the, the sort of heightenedness of, of seemingly sort of mundane or normal things in life, like looking out a window or it raining all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you'll hear. And, this is, and I'm doing obviously an acoustic version for you today, but the record is, if you listen to it, is a little bit, bigger a bit more produced there's drums things like that so it feels a bit okay. more anthemic but this is really how it started with of me sat at a piano as it always does writing you can catch the exclusive acoustic version of this on our youtube channel at virgin radio uk and it's interesting you mentioned the the mental health thing i mean that must be hard when you're you know starting out in a career and you must feel like you're banging your head and doors aren't opening and all that what does keep you going well it is hard, totally hard, and especially these days with TikTok and, and, and Instagram, and it's a very numbers game right now, and there's so many people, and it's sort of flooded, and Spotify, I think I heard a stat the other day, and it was like 100,000 songs every day is uploaded to Spotify, or something crazy, um, so it's really tough, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I have a lot of wonderful people around me, you know, and, and, and I get to work with some fantastic people in the music industry, songwriters that have had grammys and hits and it's just really i'm i just feel like a kid in a sweet shop when i get to go to studios and hear and and it's just um it feels like i'm watching myself living the dream yeah really, you know in moments like this and meeting you today as well graham is oh, very up. surreal no uh, it is it's very surreal um, well it's so great to hear you i mean you i I mean, you sound like going on the cusp of, of stardom. So uh, good luck to you. And, you know, if you've survived all the knock on your heads, a good thing, you know, enjoy the success. Uh, yeah, enjoy well, enjoy the success. Minute. Yeah, that is beautiful. The, the single is called If Tomorrow. That is out now. Um, the uh, tour is next April and there's that free show on Thursday. IsaacStewart.com. I can't thank you enough for being uh, our first Sunday session. It was really, really beautiful. Thank you so much, Graham. All right, so take nice care. Yourself. Isaac Stewart, everybody. Yes. The, uh, uh, the um, guest. Guest. Okay, and the voice we're trying to identify to win that Waitrose gift box is this one. It was not me. <laughs> I just want to clarify right here, right now, it was not me. So they're laughing. The other person, okay, is laughing, and Hugh is laughing. I'm like, okay, are we just going to, like, pretend like it didn't happen? Are we going to, like, laugh about it? And what happened was the person who was a grown man, blamed it on me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, having said I didn't have a clue, I then guessed uh, while we were playing the record, and my first guess was correct. <laughs> so maybe we will be giving away a Waitrose gift box. Uh, stay tuned. First up is uh, Fiona. Hello, Fiona. Hello, Graham. Hi. Uh, whereabouts are you, Fiona? I'm in Rickmansworth. <gasps> beautiful. Well, I say beautiful. Uh, nice. <laughs> Lovely, very nice, very sunny. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. And uh, have you got anything planned for this Sunday, or is this the the height of excitement? Uh, well, this is this has made my day. But um, I'm on my way to. I'm shopping. I'm going away with the girls on Thursday, so some last minute bits of shopping. Oh right. When you say the girls, who who they are? Charlie's uh, Angels. <laughs> uh, well, thirteen of us. We're going to Seville for the weekend. Should I alert Seville? <laughs> no, please, please, please don't tell them. <laughs> Should they board up shop windows? <laughs> um, who, who no, are, no, no, no. Who, who are you just friends? Or are you a club? What, what's the story? No, no, we're friends. We've been friends for years since our children went to school together. And we go away every year somewhere different. But we, we haven't been for three years. We went to Lisbon three years ago. Um, so this is our first trip abroad since then. 
All right, Fiona, don't get overexcited at the air. I feel like it's going to go wrong because you'll be too giddy after three years. You'll hit the weather spoons oh, we <laughs> in the airport <laughs> and it'll all go wrong. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see if Probably. I can give you a Waitrose gift box to, to take some goodies with you. Um, who do you think that voice belongs to? I think it's Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. Oh, it's very tense. It's very tense. Is Fiona correct? <laughs> no! Oh, no, Fiona. I'm so sorry. It's not Jennifer oh. Hudson. Uh, enjoy, oh. enjoy Seville with the girls. Have a great time. I, I will. Thank you very I'm much. I'm sure you will. Take care. I hope I don't. Bye. Bye. Hope we don't read about them in the paper. Uh, <laughs> the thirteen, the terrible thirteen, arrested in Seville. Uh, right. Next up is Caroline. Hello, Caroline. Hello, Graham. Hi. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. Whereabouts are you? Uh, Kingston upon Thames. All right, and uh, c- can you beat going to Seville with thirteen friends? Uh, what are well, you up actually, to? Oh. Yeah, I can. I've just got back from Tenerife um, with nineteen school students. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I beat. I, I beat. I beat it. <laughs> well, was it fun? <laughs> it was great fun. Yeah, hard work, but really, really fabulous with the uh, amazing staff and students from Cambry School. So I need to give them a shout out. Okay, and no one went missing or anything. You, you. No. <laughs> Well done. Not for long enough to notice, no. <laughs> okay, fine. You got them all back home. That's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, got them all back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sunburnt but happy. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very sunburnt. It was really hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Caroline. Let's see if I can cheer up your Sunday with a Waitrose gift box. Who do you think that voice belongs to? Well, I think, and my daughter Charlotte was really helpful in this guest. We hope it's Zendaya. Zendaya, Okay. Are you right or are you wrong? The tension is building here in the studio. Oh, Caroline, are you right or are you wrong? I can't bear it. I know. Oh, this is hell. <laughs> oh, come on, hurry up. Hey! Yay! Well done, Caroline. Oh, you get the Waitrose gift box, you get the champagne and all those goodies and the reusable oh. branded cup. Uh, anyone you'd like to say hello to while you're here? Yes. yes, please. My wonderful husband, Steve, and my beautiful daughters, Charlotte and Emily, and all my friends and family from Kingston and from Brentwood, where I'm originally from in Essex. Okay. So, yes, please, thank you so much. That's made my day, my week, my year. That beats the holiday in Tenerife. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, wow, and so much less expensive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take care of yourself, Caroline. Thanks for playing. Congratulations. Thank you, Graham. Thank All you. All right. There goes Caroline in Kingston-Montems, a one very happy caller with her Waitrose gift box winging its way to her. Thank you so much for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. And hey, have you clicked the follow button on our socials? If not, you are missing out on all of the behind-the-scenes action. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Speak soon. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.